How do? It's Old New Borrowed Who, the meandering biography podcast hosted by two, or is it just a solo Josh. Oh, very good. Each episode we explore <laughs> the life of a famous actor, deciding whether they'd be naughty or nice, and then look over three of the films and discuss what we liked, how we could have made it better, or is it even possible? Uh, my name's Josh Hooten. I am your host, your American American Boy Scout. And across from me is... You have no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, I, I'm Josh Jones. I'm the, the Josh who shot first. There you go. Beautiful. I like it. There you go. I, I don't want to. I, I was going to do that as well, but I don't want to make you uh, Greedo because you'd be <laughs> probably unhappy in that sort of situation. Um, so this week, there's been a few things. I, I haven't really watched much more. I don't think we've really watched anything we've discussed deeply. I've been watching all of Taskmaster because. Oh, have you been catching? Yeah, all that? catching all that. Watched the last season, and then I've watched all of season one. So nice. going all the way through it's them. Good. It's but, good. Taskmaster's great. I mean, for for listeners who fancy some entertainment that isn't films, Taskmaster's. Pretty, pretty good on... It's nice, easy watching, isn't it? Yeah. And there's nothing better than watching people who don't take themselves seriously mm. realise that they do take themselves seriously oh, yeah. as everything falls apart. When they get so competitive, it's great. Oh, it's, yeah, I've just watched all of season one, so I've had Ramash, uh, Ramash Ronganathan busy getting really angry about everything, which is great. I love seeing people unhappy. <laughs> uh, but really, not much has come out. All that I've seen is that your best friends had two trailers this week. My best friend? Mr. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> oh, Mr. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, well, yes, yes. He's been a busy week for Mr. It's, for your best friend. Yeah, it has. It has been a busy week for my best friend. Um, yeah, <laughs> very unhappy by by him. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care about Andrew Garfield. That's the thing. I don't. I just don't. I just but, don't care. But Andrew Garfield. To be fair, Andrew Garfield is in uh, one of my one of my many. It would appear. Um, Five star films. Oh, he's, really? He's one of the lead roles in Silence. Oh, I've by not. Scorsese. I've not seen it. I've missed that. It's an epic. Oh, as they. I imagine. Are. I imagine. It's it's like, be... it's, I think it's like three and a half, four hours. It's long. It sounds like a Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, unless <laughs> unless you're looking at uh, Taxi Driver or Cape Fear. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah. Or Hugo. It's probably the other ones that are quite short. Because that's just under two hours. I think yes. Hugo. And the the what's the one the other. The one that was like the Joker, but isn't the Joker. Um, American comedian or something. Some, make me laugh. I can't remember what it is, but I know the one you're talking about. Um, but yeah, he's got two ones, and one of the big ones because it's two two trailers. Mm. The, the main one that came out was Tick Tick Boom, the one for Lin Manuel, um, his first directorial debut. Is this the one that's taking place in like Harlem or something? Yeah. Yes, I like. I liked the look of that. And he's got a ticking in his head. It's a musical, so it was a it was a hard sell for me. But I I didn't know if you'd actually caught up on. But you liked Hamilton, didn't you? I liked Hamilton. Yeah. Well, then you'll probably I'm interest- like this. I'm gonna. Uh, it's done by the same. So it's created really by the guy who did Rent. So it's not Lin Manuel written. It's just directed. Lin Manuel has just done In the Heights, which is just oh, come out. that's what I'm thinking of. You're thinking Sorry. the Heights, which is just about to come out in the right. next coming weeks. Yeah. So that might. Oh, be what I haven't seen of. this then. This tick tick tick, tick, tick boom. Okay. Yeah, it's got. Um, Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens is the leads. Oh Christ! That so sounds like a romp. It's gonna be a it joy. Sounds, it sounds like a real circa two thousand and eight <laughs> film, doesn't it? I think I think you can have everyone just singing all these songs. <laughs> from the, oh God! Yeah. Anyway, should we move into the episode? Um, go into the clues. Yeah. So this week we've removed. Uh, we've removed. Not we've not removed. We've returned to the the world of cryptic. <laughs> Um, we got a lot of excited messages following the clue. I know a lot of people got this one right. Yeah. One, one person 
immediately after the episode went, I got it, I got it. I was like, oh, what is it? Got the right clue. So the clue was Prince Archie enjoying the sights as he travels with Detroit's lifeblood. I think this one was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Prince Archie. Harry's son. He's Harry's son, so he's Harrison. And Detroit's lifeblood? Ford. It's Ford, yeah. It's where the Ford centre and it's basically where most of the income comes in. So it's Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. Well done, anyone who got that. Well uh, done, everyone. Well, well done, done, everyone. Well done if you didn't. You you tried. Yeah, that's it. And, <laughs> and trying is half the battle. If you're to believe what Harrison Ford's life has been, <laughs> that is half the battle. So the reason we chose him is we are currently experiencing the 40th anniversary of the first Indiana Jones film. Yeah, quite a... I can't believe it's been 40 years. I, I Just some cool maths. Well, not cool maths, but right, that's right. Raiders now 40 years old. It's a 40-year-old film. Yeah. It is to us now what Citizen Kane was to it when it came out. Wow. Not the same grandeur. But... I did I did put in there, not that I'm saying that it's our generation <laughs> Citizen Kane, but it is one of his most influential roles. And I think it is, yeah. it's been taken in as, um, you know, the, the American Film Institute take them into the little, the, the library that they call yes, it. Yes, the, um, yeah, the, uh, the films that are stored for cultural and societal importance something along those lines something like that isn't it and it's been taken in there so obviously it is a big thing and it is potentially one of the most iconic movies I think ever Mm. I upon I mean as as you've announced this is what we're doing it on so everyone knows that that's one of the films that we've rewatched yeah upon rewatching it I completely forgot that the Indiana Jones theme tune was the Indiana Jones theme tune (laughs) I knew the theme oh but I think if you'd played it to me and said, what's it from? I'd have said any of John Williams' well, many films. But I, to me, I was like, oh, this is like a, this is like um, Star Wars, but not. Yeah, I get that. It's it's, it's, it's a funny, it's an interesting theme tune because um, Karis's aunt, no matter what theme tune it is, and she starts humming it, she'll hum the Indiana Jones theme tune instead of what it is. So the theme tune to Jaws... Is da, 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 which is not right, but it's one of those ones that sticks in your head, but isn't over the top, and it isn't. No, it's great, and it's it goes really well under all of the act, action sequences. It I feels mean, pulpy, doesn't it? It John, feels pulpy. John Williams is just a master. I said it to you when I was watching it. John Williams adds like half a star to any film that he's put his name to. He just honestly can't ever fault a John Williams. I agree. Score. The music, anytime he shows up, I go, oh, this is great. Mm. I, I'd I'd quite happily turn the film off and just have the music going <laughs> in the background. It doesn't matter what the film is. Yeah. That's what I said to you about Star Wars is this. The one thing about Star Wars that I don't think anyone could have any complaints with is that. Yeah, it's, the music, of course. Nice. That's what it is. Sit down, you're too old to be standing. So, before we jump in, um, I just wanted to do what my, I usually do. Um, so I've used IMDb, Wikipedia for some of this information, along with Biography.com. Britannica was available again for him this time, which is nice. Ooh. I like it when Britannica is available. And thefamouspeople.com, which I'm starting to use more and more, even though there's less and less information on there. Um, I've also used some other sites just for confirmation. Mm. But it's quite hard to get information about Harrison Ford. I know. Interesting. So um, just to pre- preface this, there's not a lot about his childhood. I've tried to fluff it up um, because I work in the porn industry. So we'll focus on what happened to him prior to becoming a full-time actor. So there's some detail in that section. Okay. So Because he became an actor, a struggling actor, mm. then sort of dropped out and then went back in. So mm. I'm going all the way up to there. Cool. Brilliant. So Harrison Ford was born July 13th, 1942. He was born in Chicago 
in a Swedish Covenant school hospital. Everywhere highlighted the fact it was a Swedish Covenant school hospital. I thought it was important. It's not important. It's just... We've got one around the corner, haven't we? Isn't that a a Swedish Swedish church? It's a Swedish church. It's not really a hospital. (laughs) It's a Swedish Covenant. No, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm quite happy to let you flounder out there because I'm not really sure. No, well, I, I, no, I just sorry. I was just no, no, no. I agree. Some association. I, 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 I know. It's, I think it is a Swedish church or something, but I don't mm. know what it is. It's always closed whenever I go. Ours is it. ours is where Roald Dahl was baptized. Oh, I you know that. No? I forgot that. <laughs> I, it does sound like something you would tell us on one of our many trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my many um, local facts. For those who don't know, Josh is a historian of anywhere he's going. I think yeah. he buys the travel books of anywhere he's planning on going and just reads them. Yeah, but just for the stuff that you can see from the road. <laughs> it literally is, yeah, highlighting passages. Yeah. Can't see it, not worth it. <laughs> so, not important, he's the only famous person born there, and there's nothing special about that place. Uh, sorry, whereabouts was it? In Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah, right. so he's an Illinois boy. I can, you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he also is very windy, so it works together. <laughs> uh, so he was born um, born by his mum, is how I've written this. He was born to his mum. G- great, great writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy, uh, well, obviously Dorothy Ford, but mm-hmm. it was Dorothy uh, Needleman before that. She is a stay-at-home mum after she he was born. But before that, she was a radio actress. Oh, cool. And his father was a advertising executive. But was also a former actor himself. So, acting parents back in back in the days where it was the wireless. Yes, and it was very. And now here we are. <laughs> and it's talking like this. We go through the mouth, and we're fine. And they're off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's where he was before that. Um, yeah. So, given that he was called Harrison, you'd imagine that his dad was called Harry. It wasn't. Um, his dad was called a bunch of names. His dad's name was John William Ford, but went by the name Christopher. Interesting. Couldn't tell you why. <laughs> I I know people whose whose parents go by just a name. Like people pick up nicknames that are just an actual name that is just not their name. How does that happen? I don't know. I think you just get called it one day, and then suddenly everyone calls you. It's that whole. It's like that cycle of you know your 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 social interactions. Where I get that. They you get introduced as this guy because that's what everyone calls you, but then. <laughs> Eventually down the line. It's, it's like me at work. I get called Justin all the time. Oh, do you really? They see the first part of my name, of J-O-S, and they see the last part of my last name, Tin, and they call me Justin, and they introduce me that way. And it's gone to a point now. After it's f- better that than Joss Stone you could have ended up with. with that. I mean, I, I, would, I would love to be a girl from Devon with long curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also has a younger brother called Terence. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, don't know anything about Terence, but... He hasn't done it, no. No. Terence Ford, which is a better name, I think. Yeah, Terry's a great name. Terry Ford. So he was an underwhelming student who was also painfully shy and got bullied whilst at school. Mm. Um, As a young lad, he was also a keen Boy Scout, which is where that came from. Hence why I gave that really good sort of opening. Mm. He achieved the second highest rank you can get as an American Boy Scout, which is a Life Scout, is what it's called. Which I thought sounded really cool and like elite. Do you know what the top rank of American Boy Scout is? Is an Eagle yeah. Scout. Oh, Eagle so, Scout, right. Which yeah. I've heard a lot more pre- prevalently, and so I got less impressed I think, by I Ford. think it's that whole thing that you're, they, they're called the Eagle Scouts Yeah. as a general term. I think it, that's like a that might be an overarching... Overarching? Overarching. Overarching, yeah. But one of the big things they talk about is that he's a Life Scout. But mm. He um, spent a lot of time teaching people about 
um, old school sort of dinosaurs and stuff and reptiles. Oh, he's really, very, which he worked very with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and he, talk, he discussed a lot with Steven Spielberg about it oh, as well. Did you really? Yeah. yeah, so that was influenced in what Oh, that's did. cool. So that was, I thought that was interesting. He's also, I will talk about his archaeology um, and also things later on. Uh, so he was raised uh, in a non-focused religious household, is how I've written it. Okay. His dad was Irish Catholic from German descent, yeah. and his mother was um, an Ashkenazi Jew, Ashkenazi right. Jew, which is the one sort of settled in Northern Europe primarily, and were sort of the focus of Hitler's wrath, <laughs> to mm-hmm. not put it lightly. But then they emigrated, his mum's parents emigrated from Minsk to the US, okay. which is where a lot of that happened. But due to this, he was raised, in his words, a liberal of every stripe. Yeah, so the, just the sort of the general belief of an, in a higher power of some kind. Higher power, but it's do good to other people, don't treat yeah, people yeah. worse than you. Um, he Morals. also made the, he made the joke that he was also raised Democrat, is sort of how he how he normally right. puts it. But um, yeah, liberal of is every he strike. a Democrat? Yeah, devout, really devout Democrat. He always strikes me. I don't know. I always you get, I, you I get put big, him in with I put him in with like Clint Eastwood. Do you know what I mean? Big Republican energy. Yeah, yeah. It, a John Wayne style. Like he's the next mm. John Wayne. That's what I get. What you mean. It's that sort of devil may care. Ah, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> Just sort of cool, futile yeah, lips exactly. guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm from the hip. I, it's exactly it. I mimed it for you just <laughs> you in did. case you didn't know what <laughs> shooting from the hip was. So after graduating high school, he attended college where he studied philosophy. Mm. Uh, he also, I didn't mention it, but he wasn't very good in school. He was, yeah, like a C grade student and he also didn't really do much in the way of sports. All the best people are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He went to college where he studied philosophy, which sounds like a person who doesn't know what to do with their life. Not to make any, dis- I know a lot. <laughs> not to make any sweeping statements, but I'm going to make a sweeping statement. But it's the same. It's the same. I studied English. It's very much the same thing where you go, oh, I, I need to go to college or university. I'll yeah. just pick one of these. That it's, it's, it's liberal arts, isn't it? Where it's some people are very much devoted, devoted mm. to it, and that's what they want to do. Whilst people go. Just need a degree, <laughs> so I'm going I think I think philosophy for me. If I if I ever you know were in the situation where I didn't know what I wanted to do at uni, I think philosophy would be low on my list of, yeah, I'll just give that a shot. I've got to be honest, <laughs> like... it, was, it was one of the ones that I had on my list to just give it a whirl when I got yeah. there because no one knew my qualifications when I moved from America. So I could have gone in and done what I wanted, basically, if my mum blagged it enough. So he, he discovered acting whilst he was in um, college in his final semester. <laughs> right. Okay. So he did it to get him out of his shell because he was a late bloomer. He was very sort of... Shy retiring, so he, yeah, did this, got him out, and he just caught the bug, and then moved out to California to pursue acting. Wow, okay. Yeah, Uh, so in LA, he started out attempting to get radio voiceover work, uh, matching with... Like his mum. Much like his mum, but also he was the first student heard over his school tannoy as well when he was in high school, so he'd done a little bit, but wasn't really in with that. Yeah, it was just a a thing that he'd done before. Uh, and whilst there, he got signed to Columbia Pictures, and then he got signed on to Universal. Because when right, they, it's alright for some, isn't it? It was it was a different. It's a different era where you go there and you sign with a studio as yeah, like yeah. an extra, yeah. as it were. So that's what he did. Studios uh, rather than agencies. That's what it was. And then he moved to Universal from Columbia after he insulted a producer, Jerry Tavolsky. He was uh, apparently a bit flippant and callous about um, one of the actors, like the main actors, and I can't remember who it was. Hilarious. Big name, big name celebrity as well. That's quite funny. He ended up not even getting credited as the bellboy in the film that he was in before he had to move. Across. Oh, really? They, they really didn't enjoy what he, yeah, what he did there. It probably wasn't his fault. Probably just him being him. I'd love to see that film. <laughs> just be like, oh, he's a bellboy. He's but there. yeah, he did quite a lot of um, extra work mm. uh, before moving up. So he struggled with this. He managed to get a. It was like doing extra work, small roles, and then he got the lo- larger role in American Graffiti. 
which was yeah. uh, George Lucas's first film. He then, after that, wasn't getting anything, so he yeah. then went off. Oh, sorry. He then went off and um, he taught himself to be a carpenter. Right, so this is true. Yes. Because this is the thing. I because that's I watched a, American Graffiti and went, oh, so he was in this, so he knew George Lucas. But then everyone always says the story about like him getting the job in uh, Star Wars was that he was a carpenter and George Lucas approached I him. I have that story. Well, I haven't got it written down, but right. I've read that story several ways so I can sort of tell you what happened. Yeah, 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 go on. Uh, so he went off, became a professional carpenter, yeah. um, and he was working on um, sets. Yes. But there was um, an agent he had called Fred Roos, who really liked what he was doing, was trying to champion him to be in roles. Right. Okay. So they started casting for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of people in mind for Han Solo. I think one of the main ones was like Kurt Russell was a big person they wanted for that part. Yeah. Fred Roos made him come on uh, set to do some um, arts and and crafts carpentry, carpentry, building the sets and stuff. Um, For Star Wars? For Star Wars. He was working on the Star Wars sets. That's cool. So he was on there doing that, and then Fred Roos brought him in to go, look, I know you don't want anyone from American Graffiti in this film, but you know he can act, so just have him read against people. Right, okay. So he had him read against people as Han Solo. And as he kept reading, it was clear to Lucas that he was right for the role. And so right, he assumed the role. That's so he, really cool. so he okay. sort of, he described himself as sort of an unassuming Hollywood star. Like, an, uh, it, it just it sort of accidental mm. as it came about. Because this one guy had faith in him mm. and uh, pushed him into this. And George Lucas took him on. And really, the rest is I'd history. Be, I'd be intrigued to see if there was any sort of behind the scenes uh, footage where, like, Harrison Ford is is you know just totally hamming around. Well, no, no, not, no, not even so much that. But like maybe like it would be post you know his casting and stuff. But maybe he's like, yeah, I built that bit or something. <laughs> like, there's I I don't know if there is those bits. I know that you can find Kurt Russell's uh, audition tape. Oh right, okay. for, for this, cool. which is which is interesting. I love watching audition tapes for people who didn't get the parts. I love Kurt Russell as well. <laughs> yeah. So I I would have been happy with Kurt Russell getting that role. I do think they're very different. I think it would have been a very different Han Solo. Yeah, you you needed the sort of cocky sort of thing. It I mean, would have been too charming, I think. That's the issue. Yeah. I don't think... I think Kurt Russell can be rugged, but I don't think he's... Well, he definitely can be rugged. Yeah, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's rough enough. Rugged and rough are different S- things. Snake Plissken is pretty, pretty rough and rugged. Yeah, but it's not... <laughs> there's... I mean, and it comes on to the whole Harrison Ford's USP... Is that that he's he's attractive whilst looking yes. scared, and there is that sort of he's still, you know, he's a sleazeball, but you're like, oh, I, I he, do really like him. He also <laughs> did a lot of his own lines for um, Star Wars. Oh, did he? He re- didn't. He didn't like. He, he talks about how George Lucas is a a great world builder, a yeah. great world, and he's a he's a good writer, but no one would ever say what he'd write. Yeah. So it's like the famous line, "I know, I love you." I know. Yeah, yeah. That's that his just line. Him. I knew that. But there's a lot of lines that he's also just gone. I'm just going to go in and do what I want. That's roughly along what you that's want cool. there. So, not saying that I act very much similar to him in things, but <laughs> you're not getting me to say the right lines. Anyway, should we look at his personal life? Lovely. Uh, so Ford's been married three times, and yeah. as a result of these marriages, he's helped create four offspring, and also as a father to an adopted child. Cool. So he's got five kids. His first marriage was to Mary uh, Marquette, which ended in 1979. I wonder why. So that's the one. 
That's yes. the one. That's the one, yeah. Right. We, will, we will talk about that yeah, in a moment yeah. as well. But yeah, he has two sons from this marriage, Benjamin and Willard. Benjamin is the co-owner and main manager of Ford's two restaurants uh, that he owns. So Ford okay. owns two, one called like the Gas Pump, which is somewhere. Nice. And he owns one called Terminal 5, which is located in LA's um, airport. Or LAX? Yeah, it's called, cool. called Terminal 5. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, nice. that's sick. Um, and Willard owns a clothing chain, uh, as well as like a theatre and a couple of other things, but he's basically a awesome. clothing change. Ch- change? Yeah, a clothing change. His second marriage to Melissa Matheson, because he loves women with two M's starting both names, uh, from 1983 to 2000. This is where he has two other children. He has Malcolm and Georgia, mm. who are both followed in his footsteps and are both actors, but in a much smaller sense to Harrison Ford. And his last marriage is to Kalista Flockhart, where she had previously adopted a child called Liam, um, and he is now the adopted parent also of her um, after they got married. So they started dating in like 2002, child was adopted in 2001, and they got married in 2010, and he took Liam on as his son at that point, because he could right. do it legally. Are they still together? Still together. They live in their massive ranch house, um, which has over 800 acres on it, which he bought in the 80s. Jesus Over 800 Christ. acres, and half of that, I think, is now turned into a nature reserve, though. That's so cool. 400 acres of it is now a nature reserve. Uh, he's also a pilot, of which he has four recorded incidents, one when he was learning, and three in the last six years. I knew this, because he really... Did himself in, didn't he? He broke his pelvis yeah. in one... Uh, is, that was relatively recently. That was 2017, I believe that one yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that happening. Because it was... Uh, he landed on a golf course. Yeah, and it was during filming for Star Wars, one of them. Uh, one of the, the most recent one, yeah. yeah. It, well, not the most recent one, yeah, but yeah. The, the, the first of those. Um, but yeah, he broke his hip pelvis in that one. He also overshot a Boeing he landed he went well over where he went to quite recently and then the most recent one is he went across the runway as a plane was landing hilarious so he's quite known as he's like a pioneer and he's like in a lot of things to do with flying and aviation but Mm. part of me thinks if you've had three incidents in the last six years and you're not flying all that regularly maybe it's time to reassess your license (laughs) in my mind Uh, he's also a lifelong democrat being involved in anti-Trump movements etc recently he also Mm. endorsed Biden uh, unfortunately, he is a very private man, so there isn't much about his personal life. Or is there? Yeah. Is he a naughty, things. nice boy? That's what I think we should move on to now. Cool. Because I suppose that's where we are. Um, but there, there isn't much on his actual personal life. Since he's like 76, 77 now, there isn't a huge amount mm. of personal life. So, But also, he, you know, as, as you say, he got, he did it acting a bit when he was quite young. And then yeah. he was out of it for a bit. Came back into it when he was, what, 33? Was when he did Star Wars. So he was, yeah, so 77 that was, wasn't it, Star Wars? Um, and he was born 42, sure so 34, 35, yeah, yeah, 35. But yeah, probably when he was filming, he was about 33. But yeah, he's, yeah, it was, but so still. That's, but, but my point being that if we look at a lot of, like, people, you know, who we've done previously on the podcast, like, uh, for example, Rob Downey Jr. and stuff. Straight in the limelight. Straight in the light, but but everything that they did was generally before sort of the age of thirty five. If people did bad stuff, their their years were before that. Whereas Harrison Ford sort of came into it a bit later after any bad stuff would have been in the limelight. Maybe You'd hope. let's find out <laughs> on naughty yeah. or nice. So his famous chin scar, yeah, because he's got that line and a little dot, um, has many stories surrounding it. But the truth behind it is, it happened when he crashed his car at the age of twenty. Hmm. This happened because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt whilst driving and then panicked to try and put it on and caused a crash. Oh. 
So in my mind, that's a bit of a naughty thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the seatbelts laws were back then, but regardless... In America, aren't they still pretty lax? No, not They're really. Not like over here. I mean, they weren't. They weren't always standard. I mean, you look at the old, like the old Vista cruisers from in the seventies. Yeah. They weren't fitted as standard. No, no. And you look at the old sort of nice Chryslers and mm. things. But and that, you got to think, if he was twenty, that's what in the sixties, he probably didn't need to wear a seatbelt. Mm. But basically, he panicked, crashed, and he ended up getting a scar on his chin. There's the the, the time old story for him having that scar is actually people say that he's got that ear piercing, and the story is that he was getting it done in a club toilet like on a whim and he passed out from it and cracked his chin on the top of the toilet Hilarious. is the story that normally follows around but it's it's due to this I had no idea that, that next was, notable yeah. thing I suppose is that he had the affair that lasted some months with Carrie Fisher during the Star Wars films yeah which all came out during her was it the Princess Diaries or something she yeah, called it yeah it was her, her yeah her autobiography that, it, was, that was released six months before she 2016 died 16 or something like that wasn't it yeah just before she died um, but it's assumed that's the reason why he did he got divorced the yeah. first time, which understandable, but she was nineteen at the time, right? I know. So there's 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 a lot of questionable things floating around, isn't there? Mm. But um, not great having an affair in general. I it was just a, a coke fueled romance. It was definitely a coke fueled romance. <laughs> I mean, you see them there, there, and you speak to, they speak to like uh, Mark Hamill, isn't it? The amount of cocaine that yeah. was on that set basically made the planet of Hoth out of cocaine, <laughs> didn't they? That's what it was. <laughs> Uh, he has done some good things. In 1995, he stood before the US Senate Foreign Relations Committee about Free Tibet. So he's very pro-Free Tibet. Cool. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2009, sure. another bad thing. Can't in 2009, he openly signed a petition to get Roman Polanski released from his prison in Switzerland. Roman Polanski famously in yes. prison for raping and drugging a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. The, the, the whole Polanski thing baffles me because... He was found guilty, yet, you know, you look at, uh, when was it, 2012, where he managed to get John C. Riley, Kate Winslet... Oh, for Carnage. For Carnage. Um, what's his face? Christopher... Christopher Walken. Not, Christopher Not Walken, Walken, Christopher... Christopher Waltz. Oh, Christoph Waltz, that's where we go. And who, was, who else was it? Oh, uh, uh, Bugsy Malone. What's her name? Size of the Lambs. Jodie Foster. I, 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 when he said it, it was like Bugsy Malone is the first one, but yes, it, it is. was her, her first one. It was her first one. It's just that's I always I, think of her as Tallulah. I don't know why Jodie Foster, the first thing, film you think of is Bugsy Malone, which I think is great. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's strange that he's still able to do stuff, but the thing is that he wants. But I think that loads of actors are they re- not on his side, but they're not. It's almost like they recognise his genius and they want to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Where realistically what he did was a bore. Oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> so, for sure but openly signing it is 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 a concern he's also an avid activist fighting for environmental change uh, and he also pays to keep ar- keep ar- put my teeth back in Josh pays to keep archaeology going and limiting their black market trade so he's very much will try and stop things going off he doesn't want them to private collectors I don't know if you'd have it written down but do you know if that Ventures started before or after Indiana Jones. Do you reckon it was influenced it was by or after? I think so. I think it was influenced by. Obviously, he's got some mm. things going on, but it was definitely influenced by. I think he's more notable in post two thousand. He's been doing a lot more to do. With Funny that. when I when we rewatched it, when I rewatched it, um, one of the first things that I I went to Google was are grave robbers still a thing? I was like, you see, you know, you have all the games like Uncharted and Tomb Raider and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and I was like. Are there actually still these ancient tombs that 
people haven't already yeah. pilfered. Because it's to me that whole thing feels very colonial. The sort of ransacking of these. Yeah, I think the original things. ransacking. I think yeah, you're probably looking colonial times. But then the 1950s again, the pulp era that everyone sort of relates mm. to Indiana Jones. Um, or forties as well, but it's that thirty, forties, fifties where there's that new wave of found money. People have the ability and to go off. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, but I like I genuinely. I mean, it it still very much is a big issue. It's it's a huge issue in the Middle East. Um, that somehow was uh, lessened by ISIS because ISIS were targeting all these heritage sites. Them, yeah, but because they were. They also reduced the number of grave robbers in the vicinity. So we're saying that ISIS is nice and Harrison Ford is naughty. Is that the... No, no. <laughs> Christ, no. No, but I just, I just found it fascinating. It's it's such a... The, the whole idea of it, because of things like Indiana Jones that you see growing up and stuff, it's the whole idea of this, you know, uh, almost swashbuckling... Yeah, like it's it's not quite the same now, is it? Taking taking ancient golden artifacts, it seems so. It feels more like geocaching now, doesn't it? Really, yeah, it, just, it just feels. <laughs> it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like real people would it, do that. It would be strange to turn to your mate now and go, "You know what? I've I got. Wanna, I, I want to fucking find a tomb. I've got an idea." <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, saying that that's but, probably not a bad holiday. Was but. As as much as I I abhor the uh, the whole you know taking archaeology should remain in you know where it lay or in a museum, I'd l- I'd love to give it a go. <laughs> I'd I, love to, but like the way Indiana Jones does, where on. he gives them to museums. I got to be honest, it's gonna be. It's, it's, I, <laughs> I think you're busy setting yourself up for a very disappointing bachelor party when it becomes your <laughs> it comes your round. You're expecting someone to take you to the Middle East, to Tunisia, or yeah. to Egypt to go dig up some tombs. <laughs> um, so where do you think you land on whether he's naughty or nice? I know where I think he should be falling into. Um, he's doing some good stuff. I'd has- say nice. I'd say naughty. Oh, is it? I think he's naughtier. I know he's doing some good stuff now, and he's very good for his like environment and stuff like that. What happens now? We've never disagreed on this. Um, I think we go with what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I think it's quite happy if people want to make a decision whether they think he's naughty or nice. Let us know, mm. and we can let you know next episode, depending on um, feedback from you guys. Yeah, there we go. Um, if, if, you see, if you see a lot of comments that are just sort of similar to my name, but slight changes, it's not me just commenting multiple times just so I win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll leave that. But uh, I know where I sit on it, so we'll, we'll see when we'll announce it at the beginning of the next episode. Mm. Notable accomplishments is the last thing. So in 1986, he was nominated for Best Actor uh, for the Academy Award, BAFTA and Golden Globe for his role in The Witness. He's had three mm. other Golden Globe nominations for The Mosquito Coast, The Fugitive, and Sabrina. Mm-hmm. He has his own star on the Hollywood... Hollywood? Hollywood? Hollywood Wood of Fame. Of yeah. Fame. So the Hollywood <laughs> Walk of Fame. Uh, he's the second Harrison Ford to have his star on there. There was a silent film star called Harrison yes. Ford. and there was a big issue, wasn't there, when he went to get it done? There was, because originally, originally he was being billed as Harrison J. Ford. Yeah. Then he got rid of it. He only put it on because he walked down the Hollywood Walk of Fame and saw it for the first time. Went, yeah. God, I better change that. I had no idea. But everything seemed to be fine by the mm. end of it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what the big issue was. So I think it's I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting when there are um, things like that, like billings of the same name, um, 
and people have to change and adjust. I know that maybe it's more lucky to name your kid Harrison Ford. If there's two Hollywood forks of fame with yeah. Harrison Ford, name your kid that you got a good chance of him making it. This is true. Statistically. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also um, received the AFI Life Achievement Award in 2000, which is uh, for mm-hmm. his contribution to the cinema. Yeah. And in 2006, he received something very similar with the Jules Verne Award, uh, which is given to an actor who is who has encouraged the spirit of adventure and imagination throughout their career. Yes. And he's also got a couple. Agree. He's got a couple of other things like 1998, Sexiest Man Alive, and uh, I think Empire in the early 1998. I think it was 1998. It might be 1988. Maybe 1988. But 98. 90, 88. He's still 45 at that point. But it was around. It was one of the two. <laughs> it was one of the two. Um, but yeah, it was Sexiest Man Alive, and I think Empire voted him the most influential actor of all time, or something along those lines. Really? Because of the roles he's been in, obviously. Interesting. Ha- yeah, yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones, and then obviously. Well. Um, Star Wars. He must be one of the highest grossing names. He is the third highest internal box office revenue generator. Behind Samuel Jackson and someone else. You're asking me questions. The Rock. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but I think he's six worldwide, number six. Fair. Which is pretty impressive. That is pretty good. But yeah, I didn't write that down. So that's just... Uh, no, I know, I know that number one is Samuel Jackson just because he's... In every film. Yeah, but he's in... Also, he's in... The, the prequels for Star Wars, and he's yeah, in that's a fair point. the entirety of Marvel. He's like True. he's attached to two of the biggest huge yeah. franchises. Makes sense, and he is in literally every Marvel film. Yeah, and he's and he's just in every film prior. It would seem. It does seem like he's going to be the new Christopher Lee. Isn't every he, film, it's strange. Every film I put on, he's in it again. I don't know <laughs> what's going on at the moment. Every film I'm turning on, I mean, the last two films oh, yeah. I've, I've you, watched have been yeah. him in it. So very strange. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're we're just really two young guys who ha- uh, we're fortunate enough to be involved with a lot of great people. Wh- whom uh, it's coming upon us to. There's no way we're doing this in less than 20 seconds. But let's move on to the films then. So uh, we're going to do it in chronological order, as per usual, which makes sense. Yeah. But first, we'll reveal the films we're going to talk about. So if Ooh. if you want to miss it, you can do. I mean, all of these films are over 30 years old. Yes. Yes, over 30 years old or around 30 years old. So if you haven't had them spoiled, kudos for you. Um, I hope you enjoy that rock you've been living under. Yeah. But they are going to be spoilers. We're not going to actively go for it, but it's going to be very hard to talk about them yeah, without. So uh, the film of our choice, which was the one for the reason doing this, is Indiana Jones and the Raiders Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. I then chose Blade Runner. Yeah. And you chose... The Fugitive. The Fugitive, yes. So that's the order we're going to do them in, because that's the order they came I out just in. You didn't. he didn't get any... Oh no, because Blade Runner was critically panned, wasn't it? Critically panned. It's a, it's a cult classic, essentially, mm. is the way it looks at. But yeah, it was... Um... It's regard- I was looking at a few lists. It's regarded by both modern critic lists and modern audience lists as like the best sci-fi movie ever made. I think it's wrong, but that's fine. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but yeah, it's, that's gone. Should we focus on Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark first then? Is that the oldest of all? That is the oldest, because that came out in 81, so that's 40 years old. Blade Runner came out in 82, and then The Fugitive came out in 91. Mm. I want to say 93, but 91 sounds right. Mm. So that's the order that we're going to do them in. Cool. And I think it's my turn to do two this week. It is, yeah. So I've got to try and remember how to do Raiders in a minute. Yeah, go for it. 
Go. It starts off with Fords trying to take a gold fertility statue. He thinks he gets away with it, but his enemy, Belloc, another man who also steals things, <laughs> has come to take it from him. He chases them through the jungle, takes it back from him. He goes back to work, because he's actually a lecturer and a pretty good guy. His students love him. They write it on their eyes. They then get told about how his old friend and mentor, Ravenwood, has disappeared off whilst looking because the Nazis are chasing after the Ark of the Covenant, which will give Hitler's armies immortality. So he has to go and solve the problem. But Ravenwood's nowhere to be seen. So he goes off and sees his daughter. He sees Ravenwood's daughter. He actually likes her quite a lot. She actually has the necklace that they need to see, the amulet, to find where this is buried. He then disappears off. There's a Nazi monkey that pops up. He also shoots a man with a sword. There's a whole chase that goes on to find this medallion. He gets the medallion, but the Nazis have half a medallion because of a burnt hand. Basically, he finds the Ark. The Nazis open it. Everyone's face melts. And then he goes back and they think he's destroyed it, but they've actually just put it in a crate in a, in a big warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> was that, how, how long was that? It was a, a minute and five. I, I got quite a lot of the detail in there, I felt. Yes, I, I'm surprised you remembered as many names as you did. And also, the way you said he shoots a man with a sword made it sound like he was firing a sword. I was like, what? Yeah, it's, it's how I describe bayonets. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, a lot goes on, but then you've got the famous plot hole, isn't it? That, that nothing would have changed if he hadn't been there. Yeah. Uh, in fact... If he hadn't got involved, there's a good chance they wouldn't even... They might have taken longer to find Ravenwood's daughter, but who knows. If he hadn't got involved, it would have all just happened and less people would have died. But more Nazis, which is always good. More Nazis died because he Nazis. got involved. <laughs> Not those Nazi Nazis. Nazi Nazis. <laughs> uh, did you know he wasn't the number one person for this role? He wasn't the um, main person that they wanted to have in? Do you no. know who they wanted to have? Go on. They Kurt wanted, they wanted no. Magnum P.I., no way. They wanted Tom, Tom Selleck. Selleck. But due to Magnum P.I., he couldn't... It was a scheduling conflict, so they brought in Harrison Ford for it. I think Tom Selleck would have been a sick... He would have been cool, wouldn't he? Yeah. He would have been a great choice. I like, I like Tom Selleck. I mean, you probably... It's pr- different vibes again, but... It's, I think it's more similar. He's got that... Um, that sort he's of got rogu- that professor... Professor, professor roguish charm about yeah. him as well. Like, yeah. Oh, hilarious. He's, he's the no straight, he's the straight-laced Burt Reynolds, is the way I describe Tom yeah. Selleck. Yeah. I, I, upon re-watching this, and it has been years. Yeah, I agree. I, I haven't watched it. It must have been about five years, five, ten years. I forgot how long this film was. It's just shy of two hours, isn't it? Yeah. Which, for, for that era... It felt strange that it was... It's quite a long film, and... It it does it does drag. It does. It it kicks its feet a little bit. Um, it was nominated for best picture, I think, for this as well. Was uh, it really? I think yeah. it was. Yeah. So it's it's one of those ones which slow uh, year. Was it slow year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. It's as you said, as we talk about, it's culturally re- um, relevant. Profound. The amount of like things that are paying homage to it and want oh, to do yeah. it you get it but there are moments you're like come on let's uh, let's pick up the pace a bit guys yeah. I reckon you could trim half an hour of this film and I would it would increase the star rating easily you could, you could trim the entire water bit yeah you probably could you could trim the entire water bit and it would still make sense and it would just be a faster film um, it's, it's however oh go on go on however however while it drags there are some great moments and as you say it, 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 these moments that have been paid homage to and even 
he even the later Indiana Jones films pay homage yeah, to it's, some moments from this. Yeah. There's a bit in uh Bearing Temple in mind, of Doom. I say Josh watched all of them I after went, watching. I went and watched all of them. <laughs> um there's a bit in Temple of Doom where two guys come at him with swords and they're whipping around and he goes for his gun. But it's not there. But it's not yeah. there. And there's like there's there's just great moments like that. The whip, the magic whip. Yes, it is a magic whip. It is a magic whip. There is there is no way that that whip should ever do what it does. What it does, or act how it does. It's great. His his magic hat that stays on. This whole universe is magic. I mean, he got it from several row, several row, uh, several row, several row. Yeah, the the hat. So I mean, it's he, yeah. he paid a pretty penny for that hat. Yeah, but it, the this this but, film, uh, this universe, this the Indiana Jones thing. I love. I love that it takes this, it merges this action realism thing. Oh yeah. With campy goodness. Supernatural. Oh, it is, and it's supernatural. That's a big thing, though. It is clearly lots of supernatural. There is mm. when people kicked off when four came around with um, crystals. And they're like, oh, the aliens. aliens and you're like, yeah. Well, have you watched the others? Like, <laughs> is this how is that not acceptable with the rest of the world that's yeah. been built? And I mean, yeah, it's a little less grounded than the other. In the bits, third but... one, he fucking no. In the one. They have the yeah. They a... have the the what is it? What's it called the Holy Grail? Yeah, and he literally brings Sean Connery back to life. It, there is the whole thing is wrapped in this supernatural stuff, and it's great. Oh, it's a campy romp that it's you're not going to. You're not going to. It's not although, overly campy though. I do. I do the, think it's grounded enough. The I think one of the issues that I have with this film is that for me the best scene is the opening scene, and it is the. Everything in that temple, not just the boulder chase, because the boulder chase is a lot shorter than I thought it was. It is, it it's is the, literally like it's the switching, 10 seconds. switching the statue with the, with the bag of sand. It's the running past it's all the, the shooting yeah, darts, dodging it's... all the traps and swinging, and it has everything. The classic, the the classic, grab the hat under the closing door, which which I feel like, it, yeah, which everything. I feel it was there first, wasn't it? It's one of the yeah, that is yeah. that is that is the first um. What is it? Shrek parodies it. Puss in Boots does it. Shrek parodies um, everything, but yes, I agree. Yeah, it's one of those. But like uh, everything, but that, that said, scene sets up the film so well, and it the climax is obviously the Indiana Jones theme as he runs away from a horde of in the jungle of, <laughs> of uh, natives. They? Yeah, I call them. They yeah. call them, isn't it? That's the native generic. But natives. I like. Yeah, it's that. It's that thing where he interacts with Belloc as well. He's like. Well, I get yeah, yeah. I, I, you've won again. But yeah, it, it, it sets it perfectly. I, the the boldest scene they filmed ten times. They filmed it ten times from five different angles, and they did each one twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and each time he had to he had to run away from this boulder, and he did it right every time. But you see, he stumbles at a brief point, oh, okay. and they kept it in because it made him feel more real as well. Oh, that's good. But it's obviously a polystyrene. And and again, as you said, it's with the whole like conversation between Bellic and stuff that. It does feel real. He's not. He's not the winner at the start. He gets the. He gets the gold thing. He's great. Not, but he's not really a winner at any point during the film. That's. It. He's a he constant. Survives. He survives, but he's a constant sort of underdog who's mm. a little bit smarter, a little bit street smart compared to yeah. other people. But that's that's it. It's, it feels like an underdog, underdog, underdog film. Mm. And all the films feel the same way. Like he's on the back foot at all mm. times. Which makes you empathise with him more. You go, come on, come on, Indy, yeah. you can do it. He's a great, he's a great character to cheer for. He is, and I, I think that's the big thing that comes from this film is how good that um, mm. that he is. But yeah, it's, as I said, that opening scene I think sets off the rest of it so wonderfully. Mm. 
So many of the other scenes have been parodied. Parodied. I'm. Am I drunk? Yeah, I'm so. drunk. I think I am. I just, I'm just giddy with excitement to talk about this film. <laughs> um, but there's so many films, uh, films, scenes that have been parodied and taken out and used again. But they're so much better if you know the backstory behind them. Like I was saying, the guy shooting when he shoots the guy with the sword, oh, yeah. because everyone was sick as a dog on set, so he couldn't do the. Yeah, he, needed, the, he, the he had food poisoning. He, he had food poisoning. Shitting. Everyone had food poisoning on set. The only person who didn't was Steven Spielberg. Is that right? Because he brought tins of SpaghettiOs over with him and ate them on set, so everyone else ate the that's, food and got sick. That's the other thing that I completely <laughs> forgot about these films. In my head, I had always associated these. I thought they were George Lucas films. He works with him. He produces them. He came up with the idea with him um, when he went on a trip to Hawaii <laughs> to avoid the release of the first Star Wars film because he doesn't like all the hoopla around yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So he hung out. Uh, George Lucas hung out with Steven Spielberg and they bounced around this idea and made the film at that point, nice. which is why... Harris, uh, Indiana Jones was born in Hawaii in the actual oh, is that, canon. Is that the, yeah. the logic behind that? Interesting. I the yeah, it's it's great, and as I say, it, for me, it does have low points. What's, as what, as we've discussed, I know you said you're a favourite scene. I was going to think my favourite scene is where the monkey does heil Hitler. I think that's great. The right. monkey does yeah, the salute. The I'm like, brilliant. This is this is all I needed. What was the what's like the worst? You know, it's got lows. What's the worst bit in this film that you would try and improve or make better? I cu- I'd cut the the entire. You'd bit. cut the entire water but the, bit. I think I'd cut everything between the the Nazis getting the ark. Yeah. I cut the entire chase to. Where is it that they try to set it off? They go to an island. Well, yeah, it's, it's weird. generic cause, island. Cause they, isn't they, it? they, they go to like... they get in Cairo and then they move again. But I don't think it's particularly. It's not. It's not specified. I don't think it's specified. They move all over the place. Yeah, which is odd because they have. The... Oh, that's that's another classic. Indiana Where it's going Jones. flight flight. The the, the 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 map with the flight paths. Yeah, is great, and that's again, it's such a little thing, but it's such a consistent thing. Yeah, it's and it just yeah, it gives that sort of overall sort of weaving of the narrative. Mm. It's really hard to think of where it would improve. I mean, I liked all the characters in it. There was no character and I was thinking, God, that sucks or that's not it. I would like maybe more of the Nazis. Mm. I like the scene where she's with the Nazi in the tent. I, I like it when he goes to rescue her and then ties her back up again and leaves her there, mm. which is, is, is good fun um as well. Not good fun to leave women tied up unless You've made an that's agreement beforehand, yeah. so that's entirely up to you. But it's that it's that talk like, no, I can't bring you with me. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be a problem for, for what's going on. I'll try and work out where I'd improve it. And the thing is, I've not given it like massive ratings. Mm. But I think it's perfect for what it is. But I agree with you. It drags. It's slow at points. And there are scenes that need to be... It could be fine-trimmed. Fine-trimmed. I'd rather more of the opening. I think that'd be yeah. what I'd do. Maybe extend the opening and cut bits. Find out how they got there or something. Yeah, and I, I, I trust. I'd like, as I say, I'd like a prequel. I wouldn't really like a prequel, but I'd like something where the, that story is the focus, and we know oh, how it's all going to end. With River Phoenix, rest in peace. Yeah, which was young indie, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, uh, but you don't really want it with Shia LaBeouf in modern era, so you'd have to be someone playing a younger version of him to do that same thing. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. What? What it could was, it be? It was a weird time for Shia LaBeouf casting. He hadn't found himself yet. People had, thought he found himself. Still hasn't really, hasn't. has he? No. No. So, what rating did you give this film classic, it, this Americana? I gave it four. I think I gave it three and a half. Did give it, yeah. Which I think is... F- I think I'm happy with three and a half for it. I do think it's one of those films that is mm. um, is great, and it's one of those films I'd love. And if you put it on, I will watch it. What do you think the average rating for this film is on 
Letterboxd. On Letterboxd. I reckon it's about 3.8, somewhere between the two of us. Do you reckon? What is it? 4.3. I think it's a nostalgia film. That, if I'm being completely honest, I think it's a nostalgia film. That's why it's probably got higher mm. than higher than that. But I think four... I'm not, I wouldn't argue with anyone giving four. I wouldn't give any. If someone gave this a five-star film because it's their favourite film, they'd try, by all means go mm. for it. I wouldn't give... For me... No one could give in, it lower than three, in, that in my sense, opinion. For me, in like it's it's a bit like Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's that sort of... I can see why people are just like, this is my favourite film ever because it's, it, it is great and charming. It's, it, it's a charming... It's family fr- well, it is family friendly. It was going to get an R rating, and then they had to put fire over the melting faces mm. um, <laughs> to, to obscure it. But it's, it's, it is family friendly in its own way. Any you can all watch it. At, there's not over sexualization. They got rid of that because there was mm. meant to be stuff at the beginning where it was like James Bond s bedding all the mm. women, and they got rid of that. It's just a guy going out to mm. punch some Nazis in the face. Mm. It's great. It's great. I mean, the only person who may not like it was Hitler. Right. And he wasn't a good 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 a good good a good good. He was not a good good. It wasn't a good good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're moving on to another film where I have yeah. to do another plot synopsis in a minute. But yeah, so I think that's fair. So it's three point seven five rating for for the pod, which mm. yeah, it's one of our higher ones. I think. One of our higher ones. Um, should we move on to yeah. film number two, a film that came out the following year, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. What a great film. Right. Plot of Blade Runner in a minute. Go 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 go. Um, go. Harrison Ford is a guy called Deckard. He is a retired Blade Runner. They are used to retire replicants. Replicants are uh, bionic things that are basically humans. I can't remember the word. They are stronger, faster, more intelligent, uh, basically better versions of humans, apart from they have no emotional sort of range. They're all sort of input memories. And also they only have a short four-year life cycle to stop them from causing problems. Uh Four replicants have escaped Mars, I believe it is. Um, they are the Nexus 6 models. They are like the best ones on there. And basically, Deckard is brought back to track down these four replicants who are back on Earth for nefarious reasons. Why are they here? It follows the story as one replicant befriends a man called Sebastian, who has got this weird degenerative disease, who works with... Is it Tyrell? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who created the Nexus models and is in charge of the replicants. Um, and it's basically a journey of... Dakar's chasing these people as the replicants take over Terrell's house, they kill him, and there's a whole chase in Terrell's apartment. Is it Terrell's apartment or Sebastian's apartment? And um and then it goes on the roof and there's that questioning whether Deckard himself is a replicant or not a replicant, and it's that sort of is there should they, should they, should they not? What's is this right, wrong, and what's the moral purpose of it all? Yeah. It's a difficult one to You've got a couple of things. Wrong. Replicants, yeah, as a general thing, are not all Better, faster, stronger. That they have varying levels just, of it. Yeah, but it's just the 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 thing there is that the Nexus Six models were. That's why they were given the four year lifespan. Yeah, there are other replicants that were deliberately yeah, sub sorry. that have infinite lifespans because of what they are. What I was help. trying. To, yeah, so yeah. The, I was trying to get across these replicants were yeah. better than the average human yeah. in every way, apart from. Apparently, emotional stability and length of life. Yeah, but is it because? Yeah, do, do they have emotional? And that's that's yeah. the, that's the questions at the end. But that's what it's meant to be. Mm. Um, and do they dream of electric sheep? Some oh, do. The title there that gives you uh, the words you were looking for. Androids. <laughs> it was. Um, I was trying to think of another word which has like bio and um, robotic, and I couldn't think of cybernetic. Right cybernetic, I think, is the word I was looking for. I just couldn't... It was on the tip of my tongue, um, and I just lost it. Cyborg? 
They aren't really cyborgs, but they're not cyborgs because they aren't from human matter originally, are they? No. But yeah, so it's a classic, well, it's now a cult classic noir, noir film based on Philip K. Dick's book, but... Good book. It is a great book. Ridley Scott read 30 pages of it and gave up on it, Mm -hmm. which sort of explains why the film doesn't have all the nuance of the book. I mean, his, his arguments to... He's met Philip K. Dick once, and Philip K. Dick died before the film came out. Mm. And he wasn't happy with how the screenplay was, either, because right. it was not... It was it was bare in his mind. Um, and Ridley Scott said, yeah, but I got to page 30, and there was, like, 17 different sub-stories. It was far too dense. There are... I, I agree. There, so, I have read it. There are too many sub-stories. But I like that as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but that's the difference between a, a, a film and a... You, you can't... Give no. a film that take that runs with your main plot line to the writer, and then like as a writer, you can't then turn around and be like, "Oh, but you haven't included all of my sub stories no. because that's not how that works." But you could include a couple of them. <laughs> well, he does the Sebastian thing. Yeah, but that was that was a necessary one to get to the final. That yeah. one, that, that you know, that was uh, a. Yeah. It wasn't really a subplot. It was a deviation. Rachel wasn't from... necessary. Rachel wasn't, and then he rapes her. Yeah, the that that seems it's an odd scene because I so you say yes, you say yes, and then I'm fine. Yes. Which... So the the interesting thing about this scene, and I because I was, um, I rewatched it, and I went, like obviously this wasn't my first time watching Blade no, no. Runner, but I watched it and I went, oh shit, yeah, okay, he he does, yeah, he does that, um, and I sort of I I went. I couldn't. I couldn't think. I couldn't get my mind around it. The logic behind it being in there, oh. or what significance it had, or anything. And I went online. I was looking up about okay. the scene and stuff. And it was very interesting because me not remembering it seems a common theme with that scene. And a lot yeah. of people say that you have more, uh, more of a. Uh, disgusted and oh he raped her there reaction on the second watch because at that point you associate the replicants as being human whereas in the first watch everything up to that point they are treated as robots and well even in that point in that yeah yeah but it's it's this whole the the where do the moral bounds lie and the first time you watch it at that point you haven't necessarily yes they look human but you may not have necessarily associated that as anything more than a guy using well, like a sex toy it sounds it sounds awful I'm like not, a, a super you know yeah, super it's, in, in... it's almost they're viewed as i suppose 1800s it sounds not the same way but it's the same way that they treated slaves as the property they weren't treating them as yeah. humans but they do have the emotional that they are humans <laughs> for all intents and purposes yeah. although they aren't born in this in this world it's it's obviously different. I'm not saying this it goes into the subtleties and the complexities of what happened to human trafficking and slavery. No, in no, that no, way. no, no, no. But it, it's that skirting of the surface of mm. what it is, um, which it, and I think that is the scene that you're most like, oh, why is that in there? And, and I get why. But it it's also because it. I mean, Deckard is is not a nice guy. I don't think they ever try to. I don't think they ever try to make him. Seem no, he's like he's one. he's a proper anti anti hero again, isn't he? Yeah, but I don't even think he's a hero. I think he's just the protagonist. 
I only I, I I don't think that what I think the idea of this film is meant to set up the fact that he will be the hero is the idea. But he's but they would have died anyway. Yeah, but no, but for I meant more for like understanding the complexities of what the replicants are, right, yeah. and maybe becoming a voice yeah. or a, or a, a something that's pushing that through. Do you think he's a replicant? So that's interesting. With I, 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 every time I've watched it, I've never really thought of him as a replicant. I never thought of him as a replicant. Um, apparently, Harrison Ford never thought of himself no. as a replicant. And the discussions he had with Ridley Scott led him to believe he wasn't a replicant. Yeah. But every time Ridley Scott's been asked, he says yes. Yeah. Because Ridley Scott doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't yeah, but, care but, what anyone but thinks. Also, but also, hasn't Ridley Scott also come out and said that he says that because he explicitly said he wanted Con- the character to believe. not have any doubts? That yeah, he yeah. Was, yeah. Um, I don't think he is. I don't think there's anything that alludes to it. The only thing that you could, I think, to, you know, within reason, argue is that because, um, obviously, uh, Ryan Gosling's character is Rachel's son with Harrison Ford. Yeah. How can a human have a kid with a replicant? But feasibly, yes. maybe two replicants could. There's that. Um, there's also the origami left outside the um his house at that brief point when he's running away mm. um which Edward James Elmos who has looked the same age but just different shapes his entire life <laughs> um has left out there mm. to sort of is almost as a nod to I've read your file I know actually you're a replicant you're having these are all input mm. memories in you and I think there's a brief scene where it flashes where he's got the sort of like orange behind the eyes when it's capped at a certain angle you know oh, when they're that doing right? that. so it's just it's just a very brief moment it's almost like the, you know the Tyler Durden and Fight Club mm, thing yeah. it's a very brief flash where you meant to question what you've seen mm. there or not I, I don't think he is though that's that that's where I stood on it even with uh, we've got Blade Runner 2049 I'm looking at this separately from that mm. I don't I don't think he was in that film at all I don't think he was it's an amazing but the soundscape of it the actual feel of it I think it is a brilliantly built world yeah it's a great shot I mean, it's only two years inspired, ago. Inspired by Paul Talbot. Yeah, and that's understandable. Because Ridley Scott, I don't even know what he was doing going that way. I don't know why you'd go to Paul Talbot. Well, I, th- I assume he was driving to... I mean, he's English, so... Yeah, yeah, I know. He I, would have been hanging around, probably. But, yeah, apparently he saw it and went, that's the one. Yeah, and the second you messaged me that, <laughs> I was like, nope, can't be Paul Talbot. Far mm-hmm. too sunny in this film. But it, 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 feels, it feels like a fully fleshed out world. I mean, mm. it's meant to be two years ago, and it's definitely... Not how it's all worked out. Mm. This is twenty nineteen. It says, yeah, isn't it? it is. It's yeah. It's wonderfully built together. What is your sort of favourite scene from it? I think it's the favourite scene that everyone's got in it. If I'm going to be honest, is it going to be on the rooftop with that line? Yeah, I. So funnily enough, yes, I think the like tear tops in the dra- in like the drain te- in the yeah, rain, like tears in rain. Rutger yeah. Hauer doing some of his best work. But again, and again, that's that's a uh, yeah, an, an ad lib. Um, he oh, was, was it? He was meant to. He had like a half-page-long speech. And he, could, he forgot it. And I don't think he even forgot it. I think he just. I like yeah. that. Um, which is great, and it is classic, and that is that's the moment that I think of. However, upon rewatching it, there is one scene that I just thought was better shot than any of the others, and it's the scene where he's just been in the strip club. Okay. And he's chasing the replicant. Mm-hmm. And he shoots her. It, but it's that, that entire chase thing. But it's like when he shoots her, I just thought the the actual shots of the shot yeah. are brilliant. And like this, because she's thrown on, because it's raining outside, so she's thrown on this 
transparent. It's like a part, uh, not part, what, poncho. Yeah, it's like a, yes, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's a like poncho. plastic. It's, it's, it's like a bomber jacket made of plastic. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird, but it's, and it's see through. But then as soon as you get, you're like, it just, the entire thing is just red. And it's, I just thought it looked great and it felt great. And then suddenly, also at that point, the interesting thing was, you know, he's, he's, killed one. I think that's the first one that you actually see him kill. It is the first replicant you And also it's like he does it in public. It's this whole sort of that's the first point in the film where there's a moral quandary. She dies it. and I go she was running. Like she just wanted to live. Yeah. And all these people around have just seen this guy shoot someone and no one's really doing anything because I don't know if it's because they'd assume that it's a replicant or whether it's yeah. this, you know, it's this society where you'd watch someone get shot and you'd go, I'm not getting involved in that. But it just, I think that that scene really sets the entire world within yeah. like three minutes. I think that's great. I, I really like the noodle bar se- oh, sequence. Yeah, yeah. I love that bit where he's doing that, trying to ignore what's happening and then gets taken away and you go in that car for the first time mm. and it lifts up. You're like, yeah, this yeah. is cool. This is, this is fucking cool. Um, it's it's really good. I mean, uh, where would you improve the film? I mean, this I imagine it's gonna be quite hard for you to think of where you'd improve for, for it. For me, genuinely, I I I think this is one that I can't. I I don't know what. I don't know what part could have been better. Let alone, you know, I I don't know what part that I could do better, or anyone. Could do. I don't know if you. No, I mean, in my mind, I would. I would personally have liked. It sounds. I liked it longer. Yeah. I would have liked to have more of the film in there, so they could have had the opportunity to add another subplot into it Mm -hmm. to just give a bit bit more development to Deckard, a bit more world building. I know I said the world is really built and dense, but I'd like more characterization Mm -hmm. from these. Um, I think a lot of people may say maybe not dwarves as the toys, but um, I didn't really mind that (laughs) from from what was in it. It was it was for the eighties. The female oh, re- oh, yeah. female replicant with the frizzy hair, dial her back just just a notch. Oh, I she's think. a nut job. Yeah, but I mean that's I think maybe dial her back to make her a bit more but human I, is what I would have preferred. I always assumed that that was like she was that bit closer to dying than the others because uh, what's his face? I forgot his name. The main what Rutger Hauer's yeah. character is it? It's not because of Z, is it? I no, was he Roy? Some something. Yeah. Yeah. That character goes insane, yeah, just before he dies, and then he has this moment of lucidity, which is interesting because again, you can you know this this whole deterioration can be entirely compared to uh, dementia, like yeah. in the last you know ten minutes of someone's life who's had dementia and forgotten everything, they will suddenly everything comes back to them totally coherent, and that's like sort of what happens when he saves Deckard, but leading up to that he goes insane and I always assumed that that was the woman was going insane like a day before because there's no way that the, these were all produced on exactly, exactly the, the same, same day. but then it's it's not a it's not a, probably not an exact science for years either because otherwise no, they would no. know what they were aiming for as no well, exactly they? but the, in my mind that's why she is that character yeah I get I that I think it alludes to yeah I get that it's, it's, it's the more fevered more but then again maybe it would have worked better if we'd had that from I sounds stupid but from a male character rather than making a hysterical woman because it I think it, det- it detracts a little bit from what it should be is the way I look at it where if mm. she'd had she was the janitor those two roles were switched maybe mm. it might be different I don't know it's just it's just potentially a different viewing experience mm. from there 
but just an idea. Yeah, um, so what did you give this film? Five. You give it five stars. I gave it four stars. I know. I, I, I think that's fine. I don't think there's any... I don't think people... Well, you would. You gave it four stars. <laughs> yeah, no, I would. You're right. I, I'm quite happy to pat myself on the back. But I don't... I think it's hard to begrudge someone that you think is a five-star film and someone giving it four stars. Because no, that I, shows yeah, us... No. They think... They do see it as a great bit of cinema. It's just... It's not got that... Why not four and a half, then? Um, I, I think it's because of... And I think this is stupid. It's, it's because of my love of the book. Okay. I feel like it's missing too much for me to give it that. Look, it's the same people like who read Game of Thrones religiously, mm. and they don't want to give the they don't give the series as much because they've missed out bits that they really like. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just yeah, it's just, it's just different parts, isn't it? And I read the book before I watched the film as well. I was one of those people. Yeah, fair. I think yeah. I did as well. But it's nice, it, each their own. Anyway, should we move on to our last film that we're discussing? Yes. Yes, my well, one. Should we rush into that one? It's Running? my choice. Like we're hot on your heels? Like you're hot on my heels, like I'm a fugitive. Like you're a fugitive. So you've got a minute to describe the plot of The Fugitive. Go. Cool. Lead character. He's a uh, cardiologist. Real real famous, real big, real good. He's at a conference. He comes home from the conference. His wife's dead. He gets knocked out. He gets found with her blood everywhere. And she screamed his name into the phone that she called the police on. So he's the lead suspect. Um, he gets taken to jail. The bus that he is being transferred between prisons on crashes and he ends up escaping. He is then on the run from the law. He knows, uh, the only thing he knows about the guy who got him was that he had a prosthetic arm. Um, and using his medical knowledge and his know-how about getting into hospitals, he slowly uncovers the truth about who killed his wife. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones is after him for this entire time. Four. Yeah, 50 seconds. Thank you. I don't know what more. There's more I could have fleshed out a yeah. little bit at the end, <laughs> maybe, but... Um, that's the general premise. That is it's the whole. I didn't kill my wife, and, and which is rebuttaled with. I don't care. I don't care, and that is the attitude of both of those characters for the entire film, and it's great. If uh, um, this is the first time I've seen this film, ever, I'd never seen The Fugitive before this time. Um, the only scene I'd seen of it. Because you must be going, oh, the janitor's in this from Scrubs. Oh, yeah. It's the only scene I'd seen. I'd only seen that film about, that scene about 40 times from Scrubs. Yeah. Where Neil Flynn is going, Kimball! Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I knew from The Fugitive. That was literally it. Uh, right. So I went in pretty blind. I mean, I pretty much guessed part of what the film was going to be. Him on the run for being accused yeah, of a crime yeah. that he never committed. Um, and it was that. It was that film. I'm surprised that you didn't know about like the scene. For me, the scene that everyone knows is the... The scene in the um, in the sewer, in the pipeline, just before he jumps. Oh, before the, oh, before the dam. It's where yeah, it's where he's being held. I I had seen I'd seen I've been aware of that. Mm. Um, there's another Tommy Lee Jones film that takes place with someone with a gun to the back of him on top of the dam as well, which I got mistake I got confused between. I can't remember the name of the film. Okay. Um, I will I will find it out mm. and I will I will tweet apologetically about it. But yeah, I that that's I I didn't know anything more. Tommy Lee Jones is Tommy Lee Jones in this film. I think he's great. He got um, nominated Best Supporting Actor for this film mm-hmm. and he made up most of his lines. Did he really? Yeah. He made up most of his lines. I yeah. didn't even realize. They just let him do what he wanted to and it was, cool. it's pretty much the most Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones part. It's pretty much him auditioning for the role of uh, K in uh, yeah. in Men in Black, isn't it? He's. I think he's great in this. I think he has some really great lines which are made better now that 
who said that he made them all up. But I imagine there was some loose lines he was using. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he was given the plot. <laughs> he wasn't just plonked on set and told, do what you want. And he's like, oh, we got to find this man. <laughs> it, it took a long time to make this film as well. It'd been in the process for years and years, and they had about six, seven writers on it, because it was a TV series originally. Is that right? In the 60s, yeah. And then they turned it into a film. I, I just love this film. This is like... Do you want to know a fun fact about that, just before we go yeah. on? Yeah. Only TV series turned into a film that's ever been nominated for Best Picture. Oh, is that right? Only, yeah. Only converted TV series to a film that's ever been nominated huh. for Best Picture. I think, that is a fun fact, I think. I can't remember what... <laughs> I, I know, I'm sure I looked it up. I can't remember what beat this. What, 1991? For... This would have been Science of the Lambs. It was, yeah. That's that's why I was looking at it, because... She's in both. <laughs> she's not, no, she's Harrison not. Ford was nominated no he wasn't not no. for an academy award for this he was given a golden globe for us he wasn't nominated oh that sorry this. yes but I remember I re- yeah I was I remember looking it up and going oh okay so this was that year it's it's an interesting film I mean it's not anything in my mind it's it's an all it's, it's a competent thriller but it's not got enough ooh thrill in it you know what I mean I think it's a bit it's edging more on action than it is on thriller I don't know why I feel that way, I, but you know, I, I, I there's something know. about I it think, for me. I really feel like I've you know I've seen it. I don't know how many times I've seen it now. Um, but I really feel like I'm constantly tense, always. I know he's. I know you know. You know, as watching it, even if you've never seen it before, you know he's gonna. Everything's gonna oh, be fine. Yeah. But I'm still like waiting for that moment where, where it goes wrong. They catch them. him, and the bit. So going going into you know favorite scenes and stuff. I love the bit where he bumps into him on the stairs, mm. does the double take, goes after him, and then as he's running out, shoots at him. Obviously, he gets through closed in through yeah. the doors. But then it's not just that. It's then the the shot after where he shoots square at his head. Yeah, I through get... the glass, and it's like, oh, he is not. He, he Tommy Lee Jones. He genuinely doesn't give a shit. He doesn't. He's he, just. He he's... is there to catch this guy because he's got away. He doesn't care what the guy's crime was, no, that's... or lack thereof. Which I, which I like, and that I, I, that's thing. I, I really think he like... makes a really good character. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones's character, I think, is really good in it. Mm. I just didn't feel as much for Harrison Ford's character. I mean, talking about worse, I, I'm going to jump the gun with worse yeah, scene yeah. is um, the interrogation, which. Um, is interesting because there was only half a script for that. Only the cops had lines. Harrison Ford had no lines, so he was meant to ad lib and do his reactions. But when he cries about his wife, it just it felt forced. It felt like he it wasn't believable. I mean, I know he's meant to be in a state of shock and all this mm. sort of thing, but I just didn't believe that bit. And I don't know if you're not meant to. So you meant to question, did he or didn't he do it? Mm. And I don't know if that's me, but at no point did I believe he didn't do it because who makes up a story about a one-armed man? In my mind, it just, it, I, I want, I, maybe if they gave more to that scene, given more him actually lines, he might have been able to do more of a, a better job for it. But mm. I just didn't feel, I didn't really feel for Harrison Ford. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't care for him if he survived and all. I, I was cheering for Tommy Lee just to shoot the guy if he needed <laughs> to, which is a strange thing to do when you're meant to be le- cheering for the lead guy. Mm. I, 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 I love Harrison Ford in this. I think this. It's it's not it's it's not his best performance, but I think as an actual, it's not Patriot Games. You're right, <laughs> <laughs> but as an actual variation from 
you know, his classic cocky self, I think this is quite good. Um, I think he does it well. I think, I think for me, this was the first time that I'd ever seen Harrison Ford, when I first watched it, this is the first time I'd seen Harrison Ford not as Indiana Jones, not as Han Solo, right. not as this suave character. He's like, I think, and I think maybe that that might be has it. a has a place for me. But I, I just, yeah, I have very, fond, I think I just have very fond memories of watching this film. Like that's the same thing, up. isn't it? If you're cooped up or you're watching it like with your dad or something like that, and yeah. it's that sort of, it's one of oh, my mum's favourites. Like this, that's it. It's it's, it's the yeah. same thing. It's it's when you've got nostalgia and you've got um, personal connections mm. to a film. It's you, you can't watch a film in a vacuum. It's not a, it's not like a no. This is this is it's completely separate to the world. You can't. You've just got to analyse it. For but what I don't. It is. I, but I don't think that that. I don't know how much that mars my view of it. Were I to have seen this film objectively, I think I'd have given it a similar score. I think I do genuinely stand by my score, I and I stand by that. I think. I don't know. I think. I think with similar scores on this. What did you give it? I gave it three and a half stars. Oh, okay, so I gave it four. And that's what I mean. It's 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 similar sort of ratings. Mm. Again, I I I can see why people like it, and that's something I happen. So to... sorry, you gave this more than Indiana Jones. Yeah. Interesting. No, I gave it the same as Indiana Jones. Both of both of them got three and a half. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Both got three and a half. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So I think this is as good as, and again, it's as culturally relevant because there mm. are so many scenes that people re- remember for this. Mm. Um. It's just. I, I think. Fa- I think. I think there's a Family Guy episode where Brian is parodying the... Brian's on, like, the edge of the... On the thing with the, yeah, the, the jump scene. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of great bits in this. Um, I wouldn't begrudge... Again, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for yeah. what they give this. It's it's good fun, and it's one of those films I could see sitting down with your family, sitting down with your friends, mm. watching and enjoying. It's a... Um, it's a good Sunday afternoon film. Yeah, it's it's dad it's dad films. Yeah. You know, you know when you click on the da- dad film channel, it's like <laughs> westerns in the morning, and then somehow you got like the fugitive on, yeah. and then by the evening you got seven on because yeah. it's a bit like darker. It's it's the mid film, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's, it's good it's it's good shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's good fun. I like I yeah. As I say, I really like this film. Cool, brilliant. Um, so we've just done that. I think that brings us into our next section. That's it. Of water ranker. Wowie. Wowie. Wow, wow, we were. We're yeah. here. Um. You like me right now. You like me. Good. Uh, he ums again, thinking about what to say. But with this thing, I, I'm just going to clarify it up front, yeah. guys. Um, the Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, obviously, Harrison Ford is in. He's actually in for. I, I checked it today. He's in it for nine minutes. Um, in total. Was that it? I he's, I would have put money on it being like twenty. He's least. in it. He's in it for nine minutes in a scene with four people, uh, which is a good scene and a very important scene for the film. But for a three-hour film, it's not really a Harrison Ford film, and it's not notable mm. that he's in it. Great film, and it'd, pro- it'd be top of my list. Yes, it'd be my number one film that he's been in. But as he's also been in eighty films other than this one film, it's probably better to give some other of his films better love. Yeah, where he's done more work. Where, where's, where's a Harrison Ford film? That's yeah. where, where I look at it. Cool. So, do we want to start with worst or best? Should we do... We'll do best again first, shall we? Yeah, sure. So, as in top three. Number three, number two, number one. So, what's your number three? My number three is The Fugitive. Your number three is The Fugitive. Yeah. My number three is probably the reason why The Fugitive is not as high as it was. Okay. It is The Witness. Okay, yeah. Which is his... Which is his Oscar, Oscar nominated film, yeah. um, where it's another thriller... Where he's a cop and there's Danny Danny Glover's in it and he goes to an Amish community. 
I think it's a better, a tighter. Is Danny, is Danny Glover too old for this shit in that as well? He's not. He's a, he's a, he's a naughty man in this. Film. Oh, is he? <laughs> he's a naughty man. It's a, really, it's a good film, um, but I think it's a tighter thriller than The Fugitive. So Fair. that is my number three. Is The Witness. Fair enough. What is your number two? Uh, my number two is, uh, and this this breaks me that this is my number two, because in my in my heart this. Uh, this this should be my my number one, and it's 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 the Empire Strikes Back, which I think also is the best Han Solo film Agreed. of the Star Wars. It's, it's his best it's moments. The best. It's my favorite of the nine Star Wars films. Mm. Is this film? Mm. Yeah. So that that's my and yeah the fact that, that, that I, I've had to bump that off, but I'm going for a like you know this is. Real ranking sort of thing. My yeah. number two? Yeah. The Mosquito Coast. Oh, I don't even know it. Uh, directed by the same guy who did The Witness, piece where he plays an inventor who believes that um, every other country is out to get him. He buys an area called the Mosquito Coast and becomes like an inventor that lives there and he's building like ice machines and oh, they've Christ. got it. And he's an absolute ass. Um, it got critically panned, but it's Harrison Ford's favourite film that he's ever been involved in because oh, he got cool. to do a completely different role and he does a really good job in it. Oh, very cool. Worth, right. worth a watch. Fair. Um, my number one is Blade Runner. And my number one is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. The, sorry, so Blade Runner, the original, doesn't even make the Doesn't even cut. make the cut. Wow. Doesn't even make the cut for me. Wow. I know, it's shocking, isn't it? But I've got the, I've got the second film in there. That's mad to me. I get, I get it. That's, it's, they're different films. They are different films. That's, um, that's it, isn't it? Um, uh, and that's not a slight on the original Blade Runner no. as well. It's fourth on my list. Fair. Oh, fair. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's so fourth on my list. It's it's there. It's just not yeah. there. So um, close. So what was your what was your worst film? Right. You had one ready to lock and load for this. Yeah. As his worst film. I'm. I was tossing up between two films. Um. And I've now got rid of one. I've got rid of the film Paranoia. Okay. I've got rid of that with a bold Harrison Ford. Very strange film. Right. And Gary Oldman. And. Uh, and yeah. the bad Hemsworth. Yes, no, I yeah, I know, I know this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary but, Oldman's does some really questionable films. Sorry, this is that's totally oh, I watched, aside from the point. Uh, he, but he, he has he, done some really fucking bad. He films. chooses films. Like, why are you in this? <laughs> I watched the Hitman's Bodyguard yesterday again. He's the villain. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing here? Um, but my least favorite film is the romp with him and Josh Hartnett. Oh, Hollywood Homicide. Hollywood Homicide. Yeah. A film yeah. where there are two detectives that neither want to be a detective. One wants to be a realtor and one wants to be an actor. And my God, is it a terrible film to not enjoy? So, what was your rating for that though? One star. Rated it. One star. Oh, okay. One so mine star. is also one star. Um, mine is uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Right. Okay. <laughs> it is the is one of the worst films I've ever watched. It's not making me. It, it, it's one of the worst films I've ever watched. But it doesn't make me angry much. Like, you know, like like last. I was last getting week. angry at Hollywood Homicide by how little it cared about the film it was making. Oh really? Yeah. I was sat there watching. I just put something in here. Make it somewhat interesting. <laughs> Every time they do something, Harrison Ford answers the phone to try and sell a house Hilarious. to a random rapper he's met. Is horrible. I don't know what he was thinking doing it. However, like, this is the thing. So, even though I've said it's his worst film, would I recommend anyone who likes Star Wars to watch this film? I would. Just so that you can endure it. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. So, that brings us to the end of another episode. I just want to say thank you for sticking with us and getting in touch. Um, Always appreciated. 
But before we go, we have a clue for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. Well, it's my privilege. Thank you. So, are you ready for this, Josh? Yeah. Not the lover of the Prince of Pop, as they're a little crazier. Not the lover of the Prince of Pop, because they're a little crazier. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, got it. It's, it's an intro, it's a nice one, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Cool, I'm, gl- I'm glad you do. Yeah. I worked all of 30 seconds like I do on no, all of I my like clues that. on that. <laughs> Uh, so that brings us to the end. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, check us out on all our socials. Check us out on Letterbox. Check us out wherever you want to. But more importantly, tell Just people. Check us out. We're check hot. us out. Um, well, I wouldn't <laughs> go that hard. Jones, Jones is the body of the body. He's the he's the body of the body. Where that came from. Uh, but yeah, check us out. But more importantly, tell people about us because it'd be cool to get other people in listening and saying that they hate our opinions on films. Yeah. Because I like feeling that. Get the about discussion myself. going, guys. I, get the talk. Get the I back ha- and forth. I hate myself. I want them to hate me too. So that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, as always, I've been Josh. I've been Josh. And we've been Josh. Thank you very much. Potty from the body. <laughs> oh, yeah, the body from the body. <laughs>